Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffone alongside Tyler Ellis and Aldo Gandia. If anyone's still awake, we're here to talk about that Bears game. 38-3 to is your final. That game was decided before the opening kickoff. It was decided when the Bears got off the bus, or maybe they're still on the bus. I'm not sure, but that was a pathetic performance. Very little positive to take away we can we can break down some of that if you really want to but overall a humiliating performance against a clearly superior team they were out coached they were outperformed out schemed out anything that you could possibly be in a football game they were outdone in those aspects so I, honestly i don't know what we're going to break down i don't know what we're going to analyze other than the fact that this was embarrassing, and it was humiliating on a national scene. Jim Nance and Tony Romo both being sarcastic throughout the most of the broadcast because what else are they supposed to do? They were as bored as we were. So I'm, I really, I, I'm not sure uh, where we go from here. But I'll start with you, Aldo. What, what do you, what do you make of this in general? In general, this is the kind of defeat that can break a team, where you will see finger pointing in the locker room. You will see blame being assessed. You will see all of that cultural stuff that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are so proud about, all of that being destroyed to smithereens because of what happened out there on the football field. And it goes beyond coaching. It goes, as I said at halftime, it goes to developing and putting together a football team. And Ryan Pace is continually proving that he's incapable of putting together a squad for any coach to coach. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, a Bruce Arians couldn't get more out of this team. We know that he can't. But this team clearly is not doesn't have a Super Bowl roster, doesn't have anything close to a Super Bowl roster. It, under a Bruce Arians, this team could potentially be a playoff team, but uh you know, it, it still needs many more pieces, and that's something that Ryan Pace is incapable of doing. And the one picture that I will never forget regarding uh, Justin Fields' uh, career with the Chicago Bears is this one. The, the look of total resignation, the look of total defeat. Now, I know enough about this young man to say that he's going to go back and he's going to reevaluate his own performance. He had seven turnovers today. He's going to reevaluate what he did out in that football field, and he's going to come out better prepared than last time. But the 
But the <clears> fact <throat> of the matter, and I know we'll talk about this over the next hour or so, is does he have the support system, starting with the brain trust of this organization, does he have the support system that he needs to succeed in the NFL? Gaines, take it away. I mean, I, I just, I truly feel bad. I feel, I feel bad for the fans. I, I, I feel, I truly feel bad for the fans. I resonate. I have empathy for them. It's embarrassing for us fans because we are fans. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm, we're diehard about this, and um, we just want our team to get respect. We want positive. There's so many negative things in the world and people go through a lot of things in life and they take these three hours out of their life and they just want to like kind of disconnect and kind of just like we, we can all come together and to, to have this product be on the field and we're going to be told it's one thing. It's it's the same offseason speech after every offseason speech that it's going to be this it's going to be that. And at the end of the day, the only thing that I know is Allen Robinson can't throw the ball to himself. Allen Robinson on any other team is still a top 10 wide receiver in this league. I know that for a fact. It just makes sense. I mean, when Leonard Fournette was a free agent, Bears, a lot of people that I heard, saw from Twitter, they didn't want him in Chicago. They said he was too old. All right. Well, there you go. And so, like, at the end of the day, the right type of leadership gets the right thing out of his players. It's the role of the leadership to get your players to play above their physical capabilities. And that's what happens when you have a proper vision casting. This was embarrassing, John. We are 30th ranked. We are th our 30th in scoring. We haven't scored above 24 points this year so far. Okay. We were one for nine, I believe, on third down. I, I Of course, we can give praises to Herbert, but guess what? They were playing a shell defense. They're playing a, a back shell zone defense. So we're giving the first five yards. He did make some bursts. I ain't going to lie. Like he did, he yeah. did look swift and fine, but it's like they were giving that up. We could, we didn't score a touchdown, guys. We didn't score a touchdown. We could talk about the players. Justin, I can look be I can look bigger than Justin Fields because I know he's a rookie. I know he's a rookie. I know this is, he's gonna go through things, but at the same time, the team, the team overall doesn't seem prepared. That's just overall to battle. It's but it's the Buccaneers. What was it like of beating the champions? But it's the way we look, John. It's the way we look. What will Leah, what will Leonidas say? What will Leonidas say if, 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 if this was his team? He, Leonidas took 300 of the 10 million Spartans and went to battle. You see what I'm saying? And, like, with, with this small group, I just don't see a positive short-term future with this coaching staff. I don't want to be negative. I'm trying to be transparent as a Bears fan. This is very disheartening, discouraging. And the, th the thing about it is we're going to get – one of my favorite words from you, John, is a bowl of word soup above. We're going to mm -hmm. check the film and see where it's at. And Tony Romo is saying the players aren't going to like the film session – and the players aren't going. I'm like, but who's holding the coaches accountable? And because what if the players are doing everything that the coaches say? What if the players are running with exactly what the coaches say? That's when you lose the room. That's when you lose the room. Like, yeah, coach, I'm doing what you. I ran where you told me to run, but I wasn't open. Look, Gaines, they didn't run into Xerxes, but they ran into Tom Brady today, and he did about the same thing. Uh, it, it, it's embarrassing because last week I heard a bunch of fans saying, oh, you know what, the, that 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 Aaron Rodgers I own you thing is going to light a fire under their ass, and they're going to come in, and they're going to smack Tampa Bay in the, in the mouth. They didn't. 
they were defeated before they even took the field today. They And at one point, the defense just looked like they wanted to get off the field. In fact, Bilal Nichols looked like he just punched that guy because he didn't want to play anymore. Uh, they, they were basically just saying, get us off the field. Get us out of here. They wanted to get out of Tampa Bay. They want to leave that field as quickly as possible. They didn't want to be there today. The players didn't want to be there. The coaches were running around like they like they like what game plan was that? You had to you had to sub out your right side of the offensive line. What a quarter into the game, a half into the game. You that so what what preparation actually went into it? What was the game plan? I want to know actually what the game plan was. And I'll tell you what an indictment on the on this team is. You look at the winless Lions and how they got into an absolute fist fight with the Rams today. Yeah, they lost, but they were winning in the third quarter. They went in there. They are, they are a bad roster when it comes to talent, but they play for their head coach. They went in there in Los Angeles and gave the Rams all they could handle. And if you look winning. at that roster compared to the Rams roster, you say, Wow, those are two entirely different levels of talent. But the Rams or the Lions actually play for their coach because they are inspired by their coach. I have never seen a less inspired team than under Matt Nagy. All that all we hear about is this methodical and the finding the wise and the cliches have run their course, guys. The cliches don't carry you anymore. The cliches are great when you're winning, and, and whenever things are going your way, you can just regurgitate all that BS and people will just look past it because you're you're having success but this it's time to pay the piper this can't keep going on this way you 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 look at there there's fire neggy chants at away games now did you see on the timeline where there are people chanting fire neggy in Tampa Bay now they may have been able to they may be able to hear people from Chicago screaming it that loud, but still in Tampa Bay they're chanting fire Nagy. They can't get away with it. So at what point is it Jim Nance and Tony Romo making sarcastic comments about the game? Is it the fact that they can't go anywhere without hearing fire Nagy chants? Is it the fact that your offensive guru of a coach put up three points? What when is it going to be enough? When is it going to hit that threshold where someone in the front office says, guys, this ain't it. The GM did not put together a Super Bowl roster. The coach cannot coach an offense like he said he could. At what point is it enough to say, we got to start from scratch? I I want to know what it's actually going to take. It didn't, nine sacks in Cleveland wasn't enough. Having Aaron Rodgers tell you that he owns your franchise isn't enough. Having Tom Brady do whatever, getting pulled. We had to watch Blaine Gabbert play a football game today because the Bears can't stay in a foot, it can't even stay competitive. When is it actually going to be enough for the McCaskey family to say, this is not it? This will not work. How many times do I have to see that clip of Ted Phillips saying, we have the culture, we have the football guys? That was circulating out there today. Where Ted Phillips is saying, we got, besides the quarterback and winning, everything else is going great. I'm tired of that. And I said I'm not going to get myself too riled up because it's not worth it anymore. It's not worth me getting emotionally invested in this team anymore because they're never going to love me as much as I love them. But I, I can't take it that they just keep throwing out the same crap every week. It works against bad teams. They can beat bad teams. They can stay competitive against average teams. But if when it's time to win a big football game to establish yourself, 
you get your ass kicked regularly. And that is what we have come to accept. The front office accepts it. The, the coaching staff accepts it. The players are starting to accept it. Mm-hmm. And as fans, we're going to have to be the last ones that accept it, I guess. We're yeah. the ones that are going to be kicking and screaming, saying, we don't want you to be average. But we can't make you change, apparently. That's it, John. You accept it. That, you, you have accepted this culture. You have accepted the status quo for the last 40 years. You have said, that's good enough. You know what? Eight and eight, nine and eight would be great. Wow, a winning record. Eight and eight, not eight and nine, great. Okay, that's it. That's that we're at we're at the we're at the point where it's just like if you don't care anymore, I don't care anymore. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, I wish um I wish I could disagree with you, um, but I I can't. But let's see what Justin Fields has to say. He's at the podium. Justin Fields, by the way, five turnovers, three interceptions, two fumbles. Looked scattered, looked uh, looked out of sorts since the game started. Let's hear what he has to yeah, say. That's, that's just football for you. I don't think I have to do anything. You know, I don't think I have to tell them. I think, you know, I just have to put it out there and I have to be me and have that positive attitude, have that, you know, fighting mentality where, you know, nothing can phase us. And, you know, like I said before, we bend but don't break. And we're always going to keep going no matter how many times we get knocked down. So just keep pushing. That was quick. Well, I, and I joined in late, so that's not because of him. So I apologize for that. I had some technical issues. Um, but clearly, you know, he was asked uh, how can he – uh, maintain his composure and lead these players. And he still apparently has faith. So he's putting on a good front regarding the temper, the temperature of the locker room, but it's going to be really, really difficult. I think as the week goes on and the sting of this defeat continues to sink into these players, um, we're going to see how Matt Nagy reacts to this loss, because I think that's going to be very telling. Um, he's probably going to come out with a lot of that word soup, as you guys have mentioned earlier in the show. Um, but he's got to say something significant here. And uh, uh, Ryan Pace this week it might be time for him to uh, come out and meet the media and face the chorus, so to say, uh, so to speak, or at least leak out that he will be addressing the media during the bye week. Because, of course, this is unacceptable. And they're, if there are going to be any changes made to this Bears coaching staff uh, or any front office mistakes, uh, it. It, it will happen during the bye week, uh, but I, I doubt anything at all is going to happen. At this point, I, I don't – go ahead. Yeah. No, brother, at this at, at this point, what, what are we truly expecting? All week long when Matt Nagy was interviewed, all he did was talk about how good Tampa Bay was, how great Tom Brady is. They're all coaches. They always talk about, oh, that team is so great. When the heck do you take time to care about our damn team? Why can't all offensive line do that? Why can't we? Why can't just the fields have five, six seconds to scan the entire field? But instead, he's running for his freaking life. And then he's still in player development phase that he doesn't know when to take a sack and when not to take a sack. And let alone get almost getting hurt and scrambling at the wrong time. All these things that go into player personnel development. When you draft the first, maybe we shouldn't draft in the first round. Or we can't develop first round talent. 
is that is that a, is that another indication of like when you draft that because you pick a first round pick it doesn't pan out because you got to develop them it's work to be done you got to nurture that soil you got to pour some damn holy water on there or something you can't just expect the thing just to do good because it's a shiny new toy Ryan, well, right answer this for me john answer, answer this for me john ryan pace <laughs> to, to, to matt Nagy. how do you sell bringing this man back next year to a whole for a whole nother campaign of this and matt Nagy, when he gets up here all he's going to say is we played a great team and all this week he says we were excited for the challenge how were you excited for a challenge when the game plan was dump offs and drag right and, and and a five and short no, there were, there was no game. Hold plan. on, John, uh, John. Before you end that question, we we need to pass on this public service announcement to Tyler. <laughs> Barmy says, "I beg you, change the battery on your smoke alarm. It may save your life one day." I, it's been <laughs> almost you. a year, and I keep hearing that beeping in the background. Change that damn battery. It's like it's like it's like music now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'd miss it if it wasn't there. Uh, yeah, really. so, <laughs> like, are you okay? Something's going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it should be going bah, 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 because of the yeah. bears are on fire. Exactly. Alert. There was a fire there. there. I wish somebody would get fired. But uh, <laughs> it's to answer your question, there was no game plan. They they weren't excited. I don't think anyone was excited. I think they wanted to get there and get out of there. They wanted to enjoy Tampa Bay a little bit because it's nice, nice weather down there, and they wanted to get the hell out because we're, what we're, we're just seeing is the fact that this team does not have what it takes. And, and this entire GM throughout his tenure has been playing catch-up or he's been playing ba- the Band-Aid game. And we talked about this numerous times. All, all these, all these uh, moves and all of these transactions have been to cover up something that they've screwed up. So, you know, know, Trubisky doesn't work out. You got to go get Nick Foles. Nick Foles doesn't work out. You got to get Andy Dalton. You're not sure about Andy Dalton. You have to to draft Justin Fields. Meanwhile, all this stuff is taking up draft capital, by the way. And and then uh, Leonard Floyd, whether they think he did or not, did not work out. You got to go get Robert Quinn and give him a massive contract. Uh, You know, Adam Shaheen doesn't work out. You got to go get Jimmy Graham and then draft Cole Komet really high. Uh, Kevin White didn't work out. So you got to go and get Allen Robinson, which did work out, but you still – didn't get you didn't really uh, get that depth on the wide receiver core until later on. This this whole thing has been about you know we gotta we gotta make up for our sins from years past. So there's never been an actual supplement kind of structure here. It's always been how do we how do we mask over the mistakes we made and make it not seem so bad. So when you do that, you start sinking yourself into some big contracts. You start sinking yourself into not addressing areas that need addressed, like the offensive line. And then you put all of your, you put all of your eggs in one basket where you say, okay, we're going to, we're going to go and get two rookie um, linemen this year. Forum's going to start on the left or right. The Jenkins is going to start this way. Neither one of them are playing. Jenkins might probably won't even play a snap this year. I'm speculating, but I'm just thinking he's probably not going to play a snap this year. Borum hurt as well. Hasn't played since what week one. Uh, so it's, he, this team has not been built in a way that can sustain success. And also the coaching staff has shown that it cannot develop its talent. And we've seen that they have, that, that the front office is just okay with sitting on their hands and doing nothing about it. We'll keep talking about the 85 Bears. We'll keep doing the Super Bowl shuffle. We'll keep talking about Walter Payton. We'll keep talking about Jim McMahon. We'll keep talking about all that. We'll keep talking about Butkus and Singletary and all those great players from 40, 50, 60 years ago. We'll keep talking about them. 
We'll throw in Erlacher every once in a while. Because right now, it's because they're not looking. They're, this team is just floundering in mediocrity. They're probably going to win what, seven games this year, eight games, and it's not going to it's not going to reflect what they really are. A team that is stuck, that will not has going is going to have to be dragged, kicking and screaming for progress because they're okay being okay. And as much as they say they aren't. They are. All it takes is your the actions speak a lot louder than the words. And I'm tired of hearing about some kind of culture that they've built here and, and everything else that they have built here because they built they basically built a house on sand. And it's just going to keep fading away and fading away and fading away. And we get to watch it. We are the, like I said before, we, we as the fans, we're the last ones that really have to accept what they are. But I think they have already accepted what they are. And I, I want to know what the excuse is for Matt Nagy today. I want to know what what where all this blame is going to be put on. I want to know what happened. I want to I want to know how he spins this because I'm sure they're going to have to look at the tape. I'm sure they had a good week of practice, or I'm sure he's going to blame the COVID protocol where we had a lot of things different this week and we had guys out with COVID and it really threw off our it threw off our you know routine it threw off our momentum or whatever the hell he wants to say there's going to be something that would is going to is it going to be the excuse of why they didn't perform john aldo we have uh, i'm sorry we have somebody up at the podium now matt nagy report with injuries so that's that's something of good um you know the game uh being able to come out and start the way we did and not start you know as good as we need to and go three and out and have the the punt return and then for them to score, you get behind versus a team like this and, and have the turnovers that we had, uh, it makes it difficult. So, um, you know, this is something that we got to be able to uh, to rebound from uh, and, and understand and, and, and learn from in a lot of different ways. Um, when are you going to be done learning? Not being efficient on, on third down and, <laughs> you know, having those, those sack fumbles. And, and uh, you know, when you give Tom Brady and that offense, they, when they start inside the, the 40, um, whatever it was, four, four or five or six times, um, you know, that's a, that's a lot. And it's, it's advantage them, and they're going to make you pay for it. And, and that's ultimately what happened. So, um, you know, that's how great are they, Matt? Keep, sure that we, keep telling uh, us how great Tampa is. And, and see, but we just, you know, I think and he's already throwing Justin the, Fields the, under the bus. Giving them Sack the ball early on and letting them get 21 nothing lead hurt. Yeah. He said that he heard 12 guys on the field on the interception, Justin Fields. We missed that part. If you're asking for clarification. Yeah, no, it's not frustrating. Here's here's what happens is as we as these young quarterbacks go through this development, there's situations like this that that can happen. And, you know, we have techniques within our, our, our system to be able to try to take advantage. And and when when that happens, um, you know, if they do have 12 guys on and you catch them, obviously it's a free play. And, and if they don't and you hear that, that's where there's you got to, you know, understand that and learn from that. And and that's our job to make sure that we're we're teaching that the right way and that he he's understanding that and not just him, but every, but everybody. So, um, again, as as Justin, goes, Justin's as hard on himself as anybody. So, you know, he wears his emotions on his sleeve and he wants to be great. And, and that's what we love about him. But. Um, you know, there was a lot of ways that, that we can help him out. And um, early on, it's just important with a young 
rookie quarterback, it's great Here to we get go. off to a fast start and get some confidence and momentum going. And we didn't do that today. And then when you, I don't care who you are, when you get behind like that against Tom Brady and that offense and that defense mm-hmm. when they can pin their ears back, um, that's not that's not easy. You know, that's not easy. Not my fault. Not my fault, guys. Right. Right. Well, you know, again, for, for him to be able to, um, well, first of all, you know, the first half for, for us as an offense, we know we wanted a lot more. So every every rep and every play we can get, we want. Um, and, and again, I think that the message for us, too, um, coming out that second half was to, was, to, was to show, like, say, hey, man, this is about some pride, too. You know, when you're down that much, um, it's, <laughs> this, this comes down to pride. And that's where our defense got those two stops right where they could easily what pride. stop and just say go ahead and score, and they didn't twice. Um, for our oh, they offense, punched the guy in the face same instead. thing. Like let's let's <laughs> go ahead and and finish this thing and try to get some points, and um, and so that's where you know we're able to really evaluate that and see it, and it's um, it's something that it didn't even cross my mind, you know, to go the other way. No, no, I, I, it's, it's, there's a lot of different things that go into it. Um, and it, it's all encompassing, uh, just like when we do well and, and you score a lot of points and you get a lot of yards, it's not because of one person, you know? So when we go back and watch the tape, we're able to really detail, uh, Mark to be able to see, okay, what happened here? Did someone get beat one-on-one? Um, was it a poor play call? And then from the quarterback's perspective, was it, what kind of decision-making was it? And so you balance that and, and you see really where they're all at and, um, you know, when when you go through what we're going through right now with trying to get through and, and go, you have your identity, you know you, what you want to build off of that. And then also, you know, going into it, what you're facing with your opponent, who's different every week. Um, you what are you be talking about? We just got so behind early. What are you saying? It, it forced us somewhat into one dimensional. We have a different opponent every week. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, well, there, there was there was a few. But again, that's, uh, you know, there that's not the only thing. You know, but I think it's that, that was a part of it at, at times. But there, that's not to blame. That's just to say, hey, that's that's a part of what happened. And, um, you know, the 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 guys, they were out there battling and it wasn't easy for them, but they were battling and they were sticking together. And, um, you know, so we got to try to get that fixed. Yeah. Yeah, no, without a doubt, I, I agree. It's a it, it was a tough one, and um, because I, I just know I know who our guys are, and you go into this game and you're facing a, a pretty good team, pretty good football team on the road, and a great quarterback. So, <clears throat> in these instances, you got to be excuse? close to damn near perfect. You, you really do to, to be able to to um, in a lot of phases. The one thing you can't do is you can't give a short field to a great quarterback like that and a great offense that's well coached. Keep talking um, about them. But you Keep also talking about them, Matt. Lose that drastically the turnover battle, you know. So um, that's 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 a part of it. And like you said, yeah, I mean, in, in the time that I've been here, um, that that's definitely a tough one. But uh, we, you know, in in the locker room, um, the guys are in there, and we talked about pride, and we talked about them being able to uh, to to battle there at the end. And this isn't the result we wanted, but let's make this count as one loss and not four losses, you know. You can cut it whenever you want, Aldo. Well, yeah, I was just gonna say. Literally, literally, as we all said, nothing, nothing was freaking said. But, but no. more importantly, not only yeah, did he yeah, start I, to throw, I am, and and I'm confident. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Not only did he start to throw everybody that's under the bus, but it was the fact. Why are you acting like the Buccaneers get three chances at offense? Like you didn't have an opportunity to score in between. Like what are you talking about? Why didn't we score in between the twenty? They took a lead because we didn't score. What are you talking about? Yeah, it, yeah. It, they say make it, take it. You got. They have to kick yeah, the ball like, off you. No. Why didn't Why didn't we score when we had opportunities? We got some stops. It's freaking in. We had three points. Three got three points. What are you talking about? We're excited for the challenge. What was the game plan to attack? If that team's great, why can't you make our team great? Why can't you make our team great? Why can't we have a head coach? This is why people, whenever there's a coaching thing going on, this is why people say, where's Mike Singletary? Because at least he's going to yell and scream and do something. This is, this is animation. What The belief in his damn player of like, why are you on the field if you don't want to play? Why are you Listen. on the field if you're not going to get 100% effort? But who's going to hold the coach to that same thing? When I had coach come, the only good thing about the interviews that I know the, the front office, somebody in the front office has to be seeing it's like, who's control the PR? I'm just got Chicago Bears. Somebody has to be like, yo, are y'all hearing this? When he goes in to negotiate, Ryan Patient just turns around and like, yo, Matt, we can't have this. We got to be just like a, a reporter's accountable for their words and stuff they put out there. So should coaches. How was this an excuse? How was this taking accountability? How was this falling on the sword? How was this any type of transparent information to show that you are a unified front? Pride. The pride was in practice, Matt. The pride should have been in practice after we got embarrassed last week. That this was pride was supposed to be in the first quarter. We went three and out. Multiple why why is it? Yeah. Why does it take being down thirty-five to start talking about pride? Uh, I, I, and you know, all he did was talk about how great Tom Brady is. All he did was talk about how great Tampa is and what a great team they are. Matt, you know what? Eventually, as a coach, you have to beat a good team. You yeah. just can't keep talking about how great your opponent is and be like, you guys can't expect me to win that game. Look how good Tampa is. Whoa. You can't expect us to compete with them. No, I, I expect you to at least compete. The, what learning experience? If I hear about another learning experience, guys, we are in year four of Matt Nagy. Wow. There are no more growing pains for Matt Nagy as a head coach. There are no more learning experiences that you can have as a head coach. You better have it figured out by now. And if you don't, you're probably never going to have it figured out. I don't want to hear about the learning experience. And all we did through, during that entire press conference is basically say, well, guys, we have a rookie quarterback and he has a lot, he's going to make a lot of mistakes. Not my fault. And by the way, we're playing Tom Brady. He's the best ever. We can't possibly compete with that. So once again, it's, Tampa Bay was great, and I have a rookie quarterback. So what? Bro, what, what do you? Bro. What do you want me to do? At least be competitive. Make it. That game was over in the first eight minutes. Oh that game was over. That game was over before most people sat down. Let's remember something, John. Let's remember something, John. Antonio Brown has been their best wide receiver of the season so far. Didn't play. No Gronkowski. No Richard Sherman. He said we can't get them short fields. Why were why is Brian Leftwich able to create separation and give Tom Brady open receivers? The, the, the difference is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they won their one-on-ones with their blocks, with their receivers, and with their DBs. Why can't we win our one-on-ones? Period. And it's so short fields. He's throwing the ball. He's throwing the ball. Why can't we get God Goodwin open? Why can't Goodwin be open? On the drag, we got to get him out the backfield. Everything was underneath. We are looking real old Baltimore Ravens, Joe Flacco, right now. Super, super check down king, and, and, it's, and it's abysmal. 
and that's the and that's the response we get from our captain. He's the he's speaking for that whole team, guys. And that's what you get. And this is something that I've noticed over the NFL over the past couple of years. Every time a player complains about money, the very next season, the plays are altered away from that person. Allen Robinson, even when we, Mitch was horrible, Allen Robinson was still getting 10 catches, 90, 80 yards. All of a sudden, Allen Robinson wants money, wants a deal, and he, he does not get the ball? What do you mean? Allen, how many how many targets did Allen Robinson get today? I mean, I, I, I think I kind of four. May, and that may, and that may be a, that that may be more two more than I thought. But he finished the game with two catch two catches for sixteen yards. But the targets. Tar- but, but the target the target, Allen freaking Robinson. He he's he's better than me than Mike than Mike than Mike Evans. He's a better receiver than Mike Evans to me. He's been that. We're talking about a thousand yard receiver year after year after year after year. All of a sudden we go away from him, Mitch. Mitch, if Mitch could do one thing, he could throw to Allen Robinson. And oh, now all of a sudden, it's no. So don't say it's Allen Robinson. We can't. I don't want to put it on a player because something's going on, and it's bigger than what we're seeing. I don't want to get caught up in the nonsense of it. But whatever's happening, it's, it's going to become toxic. And that's when you see um, our Justin Fields on the sideline like that. Well, uh, real quick, Aldo, all we Sorry. hear about is like Matt Nagy's biggest attribute is his guys don't give up on him. He inspires the team to play. They don't quit. You know, they went on a six-game losing streak last year, but they came back and they played for their coach and they made the playoffs. Doesn't seem to doesn't seem to matter that they went on that six-game losing streak to begin with, as long as they dug themselves out of that hole. But uh, listen, these last two weeks, getting embarrassed by the Green Bay Packers and then following it up with an even bigger embarrassment of a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that team did not play for their coach. They did not play at all. That mm-hmm. Whenever they, they ran the I, – I forget what drive it was. Whenever they basically ran the ball every single time, the defense was just like, holy crap, will you score already so we can get off this field? They were, they were giving up huge chunk plays, huge. Now I'll give them credit for holding strong on fourth, uh, fourth and goal – but at that point, it's just like, okay, we're here anyway. Might as well give a shit. So it, it came down to this team was so uninspired for this game. And was that a layover from last week? Were they beaten up and embarrassed so bad last week that they came into this game and didn't even care before the game even started? Were they beaten before this game even started? And it's going to be hard for someone to convince me otherwise because they were down by three scores before the first quarter was even over. This team, who supposedly plays for their head coach, gave up on their head coach today. So what redeeming quality does Matt Nagy have? He can't call plays. He can't scheme together with his coaching staff. His team looks like it gave up on him today. What exactly is his redeeming quality? What does he do well now? What does he do so well that the front office has to say, listen, we got to at least give him a chance. Clint can't develop a talent, can't develop a quarterback. We've already seen we've already seen that show once. So what is it that Matt Nagy does that you say we gotta bring him back or we gotta give him a chance? We're on year four. Things are getting worse. You know why? The defense can't carry his ass anymore. So what what exactly is Matt Nagy's redeeming quality? I can't think of any. I'm sorry, Aldo. Go ahead. No, that's fine. I think you nailed it on the head. You know, it's this is a head coach um, 
who was entrusted with developing quarterbacks, he can't do that. He was entrusted with bringing the Chicago Bears offense into the 21st century and average what teams need to average in order to win games in today's NFL, and that's 21, 24 points a game. And this team has not scored more than 24 points in any game this year and only scored, I think, 24 once. And this is a guy who was entrusted at being uh, a leader of men, and he may have done that for a time because uh, of the, the great fortune that he had in 2018 of having Vic Fangio coaching a defense that was loaded with talent. But outside of that, he's been losing these, these uh, players every week. And we saw it this week, you know, with the uh, undisciplined behavior by Eddie Jackson with his tweet regarding Lance Briggs. I mean, you got Eddie Jackson uh, questioning Lance Briggs, who is a, could be a candidate for the Hall of Fame. And then you have Jalen Johnson complaining about being fined for a minute. I don't blame the kid. I, I, I would, I'd be upset too. But if you're teaching about unity, you're teaching about culture and so forth, that's something that should never go outside of the family. So you're right, John. Matt Nagy has failed in everything that he's been entrusted to do. And then you got to ask, well, who did the entrusting, right? Who, who gave him these responsibilities? And it's the same guy that has put together a roster that doesn't have the depth to beat teams that are 500 or less. And what we have seen with this team is a playoff rookie season for the Chicago Bears, then two 500 seasons, two eight and eight seasons. And so this year it's going to be less than 500. There's no doubt about it. We'll take a look at the schedule a little later. There's no doubt about it that this team will be at a 400 winning percentage clip at the end of the season. And so what are you going to do, Hallis Hall? What are you going to do? That's the key question now. They mandated progress. They mandated they see, needed to see improvement at the end of the year, remember? They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily say what that is, but they said they had to see improvement whenever they were asked about that. What is progress? What is improvement? That's very subjective around Hollis Hall. Sometimes it's just being a nice guy, and that's being that's improvement. So if you have mandated improvement and your team doesn't make the playoffs and they did make the playoffs last year, that would be, to me, that would be a lack of improvement. That would be a lack of progress. Well, that would be a mandate for change. But that's not always the case when you're dealing with the Chicago Bears. It might just be, well, you know what? Let's give them another better. There are football guys. They, they, you know what? There are football guys. Looks like we got somebody up oh, at the podium uh, who's talking. So go ahead. World, world, world class. Right. And uh, oops, because that's all we can do, and just can't let uh, this game beat us twice. How do you make sure it doesn't uh, just carry about over? sticking together and uh, just flushing it and knowing that it hey, did carry this over Sunday. Uh, this was this Sunday, but that's that's not carrying us over into next Sunday. So just about, what about last Sunday, just growing from it, learning from our mistakes, and then just getting better. Yeah. 
It's a good question, but you're not going to get a good answer. No, I think that's uh, solely us. Uh, no one man or anything hey, like that. Answer. It's based on us. It's our job uh, to do our job. So uh, that's what we got to do. And we just got to uh, continue to look ourselves in the mirror and just uh, continue to grow from it and just get better. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's just uh, not doing your job. That's all it goes down. All it boils down to someone not doing their job, and we didn't didn't do our job. Uh, like it's 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 fresh for sure, but uh, no, it's not about you know making a guy feel down. I'm sure he's hitting a lot of stuff, whatever the case may be. But the thing is, we just got to grow from it and uh, just keep going. And I'm sure he knows the same thing. It's just about getting better and growing from the mistakes in this game. Uh, it's just about stepping up, you know. That's just like when someone get injured, uh, next man up. It sucks uh, with guys, you know, having it and things of that nature, but everyone just has to protect themselves and uh, just continue to get better and next man up, just have to take advantage of their opportunity. That's Roquan Smith facing the media and people are saying that he's courageous to do so. You know what? I, I think this guy is a class act um, and uh, it's we've been critical on this show regarding Ryan Pace. But he made a good pick there, uh, although it was pretty much a no-brainer. <laughs> you know, it was either Quentin Nelson or Roquan yeah. Smith put that eighth pick of that draft. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pee on uh, Ryan Pace's selection of Roquan Smith. That guy is a, is a good guy, good, uh, smart player, an incredible athletic linebacker. And the fact, as people have pointed out in the chat room, that he was left off the top 100 players in the NFL by his peers. Uh, is uh, is a sin that I hope hopefully will be corrected at the end of the season when they do the next poll. Yeah, and I think that him facing the media is also him saying, not him saying, but it's a reflection of him being so confident in his play that he doesn't mind being up there talking to the media. He knows the impact he has on the game. He knows how big and important he is to the Chicago Bears defense and team in general. So he can go out there and face the media because he knows that he played well. He knows that he is a huge factor on this defense. And if they have any success, most likely it's because of him. So him to, him understanding that and still going out there and talking to everyone uh, is big because he's going to be the leader on the defense for a long time. Khalil Mack's not going to be on this team forever. Robert Quinn's not going to be on this team forever. Akeem Hicks isn't going to be on this team forever. Eddie Jackson might not be on this team as long as, as Roquan Smith is. So uh, he is going to be the face of the Chicago Bears defense for the next four, five, six, seven, eight years. So this it is encouraging to see that kind of character development in, in the inside linebacker. Um, but that that being said, you know, he is going to toe the line where it's just he's not he's not going to throw anybody under the bus. That's just not what he's going to do. But there are plenty of other people that need to answer for some of uh, of their actions. I believe this is Khalil Herbert. You know, they, they, they help me make, help it, make it easy for nice you. Nice um, yeah. guys going down there pounding on Audio is low. Just a no quit, no fight. Um, you know, 
I've been in games like this, so I, I'm just kind of I'm talking to him on the sideline, just seeing where his head's at. But, um, you know, same mentality going into the huddle, trying to put the drive together, go down and score at some point. So. Sounds like a leader. He's talking to his quarterback and cheering him, trying to encourage him. Yeah, um, it's really about just, you know, the guys in this room um, not quitting, fighting to the end. You see the defense get some stops there. Offense putting together a drive down uh, down the field there. Just um, the guys in the room, you know, kudos to them, just not quitting and going out there and keep fighting. All right, guys. That, uh... I, I, will, I will say this. Um, depending on if there is a change in GM or a change in head coach or whatever, a duo of David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert could be the building block for this team to kind of, and I never thought I'd say this, build their team like the Cleveland Browns, where they have a great offensive line and two beasts in the backfield where they can basically pound the rock the entire game, and then they have a quarterback who is a playmaker when he when he needs to be, and Justin Fields can be that. In fact, I think he could probably be better than Baker Mayfield. So to, to be able to have those two horses in the backfield in a perfect world, Larry Borum and Jenkins turn out to be something, and then you put a little more investment into the offensive line, then then you can establish your identity. Now, whether that's going to be with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, I doubt it. They have their vision on how they want to build a franchise. They have their vision on how they want to scheme up an offense, and that is what it is. But they have the building blocks to put together a Chicago Bears offense, a Chicago Bears football team that bullies other teams, that beats up other teams. You see Khalil Herbert run, very decisive, very quick, great vision, will run you over. David Montgomery, that times two. So they have two guys back there that can really, really dominate a football game. But you got to build around that, and you got to make sure that you have the offensive line to do it. John. So. Looking forward, they could potentially be that team. But I, I just feel like we can't wait until the third quarter. We're down by twenty-one points to throw oh, our, you're first, right. yeah. our first, our first post route. We didn't, we didn't connect our first post post route over 20, 10 yards into the third quarter. And so it was just like, it's like simple, like simple, like you said, game plan. We can run the ball, and that's great and everything. But at the end of the day, I saw Tom Brady overthrow three to four touchdown plays that that should have been caught. <laughs> that, 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 this game, this game should have been a lot. We got a good stop, whatever. If you want to say, call it a good stop for, for pride, whatever. But Tampa could have scored three more touchdowns. The fact that, but I don't, I didn't see those options for Justin. I didn't see that option that Justin had a 50-50 ball. The one that um Hoster um and that was like overthrown, whatever. He jumped too early. But like Tom Brady had multiple. Man, I was almost a touchdown play. We don't have those plays. I'm like, I'm like, can we get a first down? Can we get a first down? Can we can we get three? We didn't have three catches back to back again. Once again, we didn't we didn't have two consecutive first downs. Once again, we can't make we can't methodically move down the field. At what point does the philosophy become reality? And that's where I'm at with it. No, to your point, Tyler, the leading receiver today was Cole Komet with five catches for 45 yards. Whoever you want to know who had the second most reception today? Khalil Herbert, five catches, 33 yards. And one of, them, leading, one, of them, one of them was a mistake. Yeah, so the leading actual receiver, like who plays the wide receiver position, Darnell Mooney, two catches, 39 oh, yards. Marquise Goodwin, two catches, 16 yards. Allen Robinson, two catches, 
16 yards. What is that? What like like say back like seriously? Step back real quick. Allen Robinson. He doesn't drop the ball. He was on the top 100 last year. What? How is that feasible? I give him respect for not going off. I mean, we seen Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, and we seen other wide receiver divas go off on the sideline. I give credit to my man Allen Robinson and the Allen Robinson Within Reach Foundation because all the stuff they do great in the Chicago um, community. Shout out to my man Badge of Honor for that on the on the Barfly Tailgate Show. But I give my man Allen Robinson great composure because he should be going off. And their contract and on a on a get paid. But he's also a great he's a great guy, so I, I wouldn't expect him to do that anyway. Right. He's also he's, he's trying and, to get and paid. And so my thing year. is, John, do the Bears do this so they can say, yeah, we're not going to pay you because your numbers are low. And so I, somebody I, else I, will. Yeah, of course. So we're gonna. So I see that. We're, so we're gonna lose Allen Robinson because they're gonna try to lowball him. You see what I'm saying? And on top of that, he like he's on the franchise tag. Why would you not utilize him? It doesn't. It just doesn't make sense how we're piss poor in management of our money of our of our assets. To the fact there, that you have a rookie QB. Tyler, uh, excuse me for interrupting, but you know there were there were opportunities for. A Rob there that Justin just didn't connect. There was that long deep pass down the right sideline that he overthrew and was intercepted. I mean, he had he had Justin Fields, uh, excuse me, Allen Robinson there for a big connection. There was the fourth down and four play where I thought Fields left the pocket a little too early, but nonetheless, as he left the pocket, he has stopped Justin because he's been battered around so much. He has stopped looking downfield whenever he's pressed out of pocket, and now he's thinking about running right away. Why is that? Because he's been banged around a lot. But if you look at that play from the end zone camera that the broadcast team put up, if if he would have looked upfield, A-Rob was going downfield wide open. All he had to do was loft one to him. So I, I hear what you're saying, Tyler, and I, and, I, and I agree with a lot of it, but there's also just that fact. The, the, the plain reality is, is that if Andy Dalton was in there, A-Rob would have more catches. We are going through these growing pains of a rookie quarterback, a young quarterback who is still trying to learn how quick this game is, still trying to learn the plays, still trying to learn so much. But the problem is, is that he's surrounded by offensive linemen who are forcing him to react quicker than every other quarterback. I mean, Tony Romo said it a million times during today's broadcast. Look at all the time Tom Brady has, and look at the time yeah. that uh, Justin Fields does not have. And so that's why I feel so badly for this kid, because once again, the Chicago Bears just don't know how to help their quarterback. you got to bring in the best offensive lineman to help out a rookie quarterback. And then you get the supplemental players, the wide receivers, the running backs, and so forth. But if you don't have an offensive line for a young quarterback, you can destroy that kid. We've seen it happen in the in NFL history over and over again. Amen. I agree. Zero sacks for the Bears today, by the way. Zero sacks to Tom Brady, which is another th- which is another thing to consider. I know Robert Quinn didn't play, uh, and uh, Khalil Mack might be banged up, but zero, absolute nada. Sack a team a team that leads the, was leading the league in sacks zero against Tom Brady, and so. No, I mean it was it was I mean we're we're going to talk about the offense's futility because that deserves most of the attention. Scoring 3 points is bad. 
Uh, but let's, I mean, and you know, the defense did have a lot of short fields that they had to, that they had to manage off of some turnovers, but, uh, even then not getting home to Tom Brady, you're going to let him go. I'm not, and I'm not going to try to sound too much Matt, like Matt Nagy here, where I'm just talking about how great Tom Brady is, but he, he did, he did able and oh, Robert killed it right there. I had quick options <laughs> and uh, Fields, Fields did not have as many safety valid. Literally what I was going to say, so yeah. good job, Robert. Uh, but uh, so this going back to what you were saying, Tyler, this, it, it comes down to, yeah, Justin Fields, we knew was going to have some of these rookie mistakes. They're not scheming and helping him out either. They're not doing anything to help him. They're not bringing in more protection. They're not scheming out some safety valves. They're not doing anything to help him. You know why? Because I don't think they're capable of making adjustments. I think that th that this offense is going to look the same, whether it's Mitch Trubisky, whether it's Nick Foles, whether it's Andy Dalton, whether it's Justin Fields. Now you might see some more production out of some of those guys just because maybe they fit into that system a little bit better. But I just think they run the same damn thing all the time. And it doesn't matter if Justin Fields is more athletic than Nick Foles. It doesn't matter if Andy Dalton can scan the can scan the uh, right now can scan a defense a little better than Justin Fields. It doesn't matter. They're gonna say, hey, guess what? This is the offense we're running. Go do it. That's exactly and then you're gonna wrong. and you're gonna and you're gonna chalk it up to rookie mistakes, but you're sure as hell not helping them either. But no, John, you're John, you're on point though. We're calling it rookie mistakes because that's 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 what it has to be, right? It has to be the rookie mistakes, it has to be that. Because it, I mean, he he's making some rookie mistakes because he's taking sacks at the wrong time. He's taking sacks at the wrong time. He's not throwing the ball away. So it's those kind of things from a, from a from a control the game aspect that he has to grow up on. But in terms of if Mr. Bisky wasn't athletic, Mr. Bisky would have been sacked a thousand more times. Also, Mr. Bisky at one year was third quarterback in rushing last year. Um, one of those years behind Cam and the boys. And so like, but our quarterback always gets the hit. And but we but we are now mature Bears fans at this point to realize it is the lackluster of the of the entire the, the there's no evolution of the system. We 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 were here week one at year one, and then we said year two was gonna get faster. Guys are moving faster. Guys, guys don't gotta think, they know where they gotta go. Like, what are you talking? Where's all that crap? Like, what are you talking about? Guys don't gotta think where you go. Like, but at the same time, it's in practice, Allen Robinson's open. Allen Robinson's open. I don't like a rookie quarterback tight end. We, I mean, Cole Komet caught three passes at the very end of the game when they called timeout. So it was like, how many of those receptions were actually like valid receptions when a young quarterback should have like a safety valve, a hot route? It should have a hot route in every play. They blitz. They blitz. Justin has to get better with his pocket awareness because they did blitz from the safety position on the blind side. All these other things, I feel like it, I, I won't blame this one entity, it is a collection. But I feel like the coaching staff should be held in a bigger responsibility because there should be something already in place for Justin to step into. The reason why I'm getting even more high on Leftwich, if he was to leave Tampa Bay, is Justin Leftwich is bringing a system here, and he also can he also teach thought process. Brian Leftwich is with Tom Brady; he's with these guys, and they're and they're talking through these things. Not the head coach, so that shows organizational skills on being able to communicate what we're trying to get across. How many – the Buccaneers had 18 first downs? They communicated, how are we going to move the chains? How are we going to put this drive together, guys? And they're doing it. And so that's what we need here is somebody say, okay, this is how we're going to move the chains. This is not chess match. This is not – we're not going to guess it. We're going to throw here. We're going to go throw here. And they got to try to stop us. 
That's what I want my head coach to say. Not that we're excited for the challenge. We're going to do this, and I dare him stop us. Yeah, I, I want to – this is a three-second video here uh, that the Chicago – or excuse me, the NFL uh, posted on Twitter. But it, it, I think all of us see this and see Justin Fields and, and Tom Brady together, all of us are just hoping that this young man, Justin Fields, can accomplish half, <laughs> a quarter of the things that Brady has done in his career. And uh, I still hold out hope that despite the poor situation this young man has been put into, that he's going to bounce back. I mean, you know, when Brady took over for Drew Brees, uh, excuse me, Drew Bledsoe, what was that, 50, 60 years ago? <laughs> um, there was a team around them, a team good enough to take to the Super Bowl. And if you look Great at the defense. stats, the playoff stats for Tom Brady, there were nothing tremendous. But so he was surrounded with a great coaching staff and really good players and so forth to get them into the postseason. Justin doesn't have that right now. He doesn't have that visionary general manager. He doesn't have that great coaching staff, especially at the head coaching position. And so we just hope that someday, very, very soon, the changes are going to come from Hallis Hall. Where we can see this young man get a fair chance at realizing his dreams and our dreams for him. Because uh, anything other than that would be just another uh kicked to the nuts for mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or wherever for Bears fans. <laughs> Real quick, guys, I feel like I feel like Justin missing on an opportunity right there. If I was Justin Fields, I wouldn't have just walked away from Tom Brady so fast. I think he had a really good opportunity to have like a quick two minute with Tom Brady. Get some perspective. Like, hey, Brady, man, what's going on, brother? Talk to me. I need some help. <laughs> I need some help. <laughs> I mean, it's not so often that you get to share a share the field with one of the greatest of all time. Who's going? Who, Tom Brady's giving us bonus miles. Like when Drew Brees left, it was kind of sad. Like, wow. Drew Brees is retired. Peyton Manning's gone. When Tom Brady leaves, oh my gosh, freaking that guy in Packerland. But it's like mm-hmm. to, 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 to share that field with Tom Brady, I kind of wish Justin just would have slowed down for a second and just had a, a true heart to heart with that with, with the GOAT who could have shared some perspective because Tom Brady did overcome. Tom Brady did own his right to start. Tom Brady went through that adversity of not be, the opposite of Justin Fields, who didn't have any hype at all. And so I just kind of wish Justin was a slow to slow down a little bit and not make that three seconds. Could have had a candid moment with the great, but some those are the things that we live to regret. Yep. Guys, that being said, let's look let's look ahead real quick to next week where they're playing the San Francisco 49ers, who, as of this recording and of this taping, have not started their game against the Colts yet. But no. I think that's gonna do you, do you think you think you think Kyle Shanahan is gonna look at this performance and be like, oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to go in there. What, what what are the expectations against the 49ers? John, I just I just I just feel like this was our chance to finally step up. And so like I don't if we beat the 49ers, we beat the Lions, like once again, it's all forgiven. Like it's like, bro, I no. want to win championships, bro. I want to go to the playoffs. No, no, no. I want to win playoff games. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. so like I don't I don't want these small little victories. We should beat the 49ers, but like I don't know how we're gonna do it. I don't know. I can't tell you how. But so we're gonna we're gonna check down and we're just gonna hope that things magically appear open. Like it just, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, this what these last two games, these were these were the games that I wanted to see if our bears were ready to go to the next level. Well, let's remember that the 49ers are a two and three team. And so they could be coming into into Soldier Field 
with a two and four record. I got a, I got a feeling the Colts might pull this off, uh, even though that game is in uh, it's in San Different. Francisco, so maybe not. But nonetheless, it, it's the, the Bears will be facing a team probably with the same record, three and four. So let's say that. Now, when the Bears were humiliated in Cleveland, uh, we all felt like, well, they're not going to win for a long time. And here they come and they have a, a pretty decent game against Detroit and they win. So I think there's a good chance they can beat the, the 49ers, but a lot is going to be about the resiliency of those guys in that locker room. Are they as fed up as we think they are with Matt Nagy, the organization, the coaching staff, and so forth? They they have to do something. Now, what, what happened after Cleveland is the coaches all met together. They met with the players. The players met with themselves. They had this, you know, kumbaya kind of thing, rededicated themselves, and it was good for two victories. But like Tyler said, when they faced the top best competition, competition that they have to beat in order to get to the playoffs and have success in the playoffs, they failed, and they failed miserably. You had the opposing quarterback of the Green Bay Packers saying, I own you, I own you, I own you, and then Tom Brady bettering him by not saying I own you, but owning the Bears with his performance, literally. I mean, his he had a tremendous game. So um, how would the Bears bounce back against San Francisco 49ers? I got a feeling it'll be a lot closer than today's game. <laughs> That's all I can give well, you. Well, <laughs> geez, way to go out on a limb on that one. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's come here for all the hottest all the hottest takes come to this show uh, well, well well who knows who knows <laughs> who's to say that's not a who's to say that's not a hot take that's uh, all i got i'm sorry yeah and 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 so i i just know like i said before they're gonna be very few games where the, i don't expect the bears to be out coached and if they're going to win, they're going to win in spite of their head coach. And I think uh, Kyle Shanahan is a much better coach than Matt Nagy is. Yes, and Aldo, is. Do, you, do, you, do you have the do you have the spaceship graphics up about the remaining schedule? Do you, do you have that? I you do. Have that? I, and I meant to update it, but I got sidetracked. So, but here it is. So there, uh, there next week. There on week seven. Yeah, but. next week or you have San Francisco at home. And then I've been listen. If they don't beat the Steelers, I have been called. I've been saying that the Bears are going to beat the Steelers since July on, on Monday night. I'm going to that game in Pittsburgh. All of my family's from Pittsburgh. All of my friends are from Pittsburgh. If they don't beat the Steelers, then I, I, I they have to win that game. So I've been saying they're going to win that game for a long time. Then they have the bye week. That like Aldo, like you said. Listen, if they lose to San Francisco and then lose mm -hmm. to Pittsburgh, oh, much yeah. like you said before. If they're going to make a change, it might be in the bye week, and so we, we, we will see. But then, but we'll, let's just say they can split a uh, week eight and nine. Maybe they come out with one win there. I don't see. Uh, although you know, Baltimore did lose to Cincinnati today, and I, and I said this before the game. I never would have thought that the Bengals, looking back on their season, are going to look at their schedule and say, "How the hell did we lose to the Bears?" Because the <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals look like they're for real, uh, mm. and so uh, I don't know if they're going to beat the Ravens. I would say heavily unlikely uh they could beat the they could beat the lions on, on thanksgiving but that you know that's a big game for the lions and they keep playing for their coach hate them against the the cardinals hate them against the packers mm -hmm. i think they could kind of split with the vikings uh seattle depending on whether or not russell wilson's back uh, i think will play a, a big role that's kind of later on in the season i think they can beat the giants the giants are really bad uh and then you you end with uh minnesota at the end of the season. So let's just go through. Uh, oh, wait, wait, to go on the fly there. I'll throw an L <laughs> on that week seven. Uh, but yeah. 
Well, let's I just got say, them handy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot that's, of hells. <laughs> that's on that's on the hot sheet right there. Uh, let's just say, let's just let's just for the hell of it say they beat the Niners and they beat the Steelers. So that's two more wins. Let's say they beat uh, the Lions on Thanksgiving, split with the Vikings, and beat the uh, and beat the and beat the Giants. What right. is that? They, won't, they like... won't beat Green Bay and Green Bay. That's for sure. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. So that's what I'm giving them. I'm giving them six wins. Is that what? Did I really do that? One, two, three, <laughs> yes, four, five. I'm giving them. I'll give them five more best case scenario, and mm-hmm. that gives them eight wins, and that mm-hmm. makes them eight and nine. Yep. That so sounds about right. And so that's what I'm talking about. Does that not just encapsulate the culture but of the Chicago Bears? That's what I'm Bears? talking about, John. But that's best exactly- case scenario. Maybe Man. you flirt with 500. That's it. That's it. That's it. But guess what? We can't be 500 anymore because they changed the rules, and right. now we gotta be one or the other. And so, but you know what? Maybe this is what we need. Maybe this is what we need. I know it's painful, Bears Nation, but you know what? Ao, it's gr- the, the light is green on the other side because mm-hmm. Nag ain't gonna be here forever. He can't. Like, 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 at some point, if I, I'm gonna file a grievance against with the NFL. <laughs> I will file. I will file it. I'm gonna file something. I'm gonna find something to do because it's not. It's not right. It, it's not right. And we, I'm telling you, I believe, I believe we have some good players. I truly believe we have some good talent on this team. That's we're not gonna waste probably, it. That's not gonna waste it. That is being wasted. I do. Yeah. We have some, we have some young core. I mean, Dar, the Darnell Mooney's Herbert now, and mm-hmm. um, I just man, I just what I would love to see something really invest into our offensive line. If we just got something to really invest, or it just, but I just don't want to give this guy another chance at at a draft pick. I don't want to give this guy another chance at a draft. Well, we don't have a first rounder this year, so it's <laughs> that works out. We don't and that, I mean, cool. anyway. I mean, we, we do we deserve it? Mm-hmm. Do we deserve it? Who's going to develop that guy? I mean, well, yeah. so like, I'm really curious to see who are the the coaches who's available. I really want to see who's available. I wonder if we're going to see that list later on in the year. But tomorrow's topic on Good Good Morning Football is Matt Nagy on a hot seat. Should, oh, he yeah. be, should he be on a hot seat? Is the take the players? The players? The players? No, is Matt Nagy on a hot? The players are going to take responsibility. The players are going to blame themselves. I'm gonna, I'm telling you right now for the Bears debate show that's going to be question number one. How hot is that hot seat that Matt Nagy is sitting on right now? So you guys can start thinking about some clever responses to that. Well, is it, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not going to go off right now, but it's more along the lines of how hot should it be and how hot is it actually? And so okay, that's good. That's well, an even a better question. That's very yeah. well put. Yes, yes. So, but it, but that, but that is what it is. As I just see, San Francisco scored a. Uh, they just drove down the field and scored in the Colts. So that's that's a great indication <laughs> well, of what they're going to do. The Bears. Uh, um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> a, a quick question for you guys: How many of these are we going to need uh, uh, in that bye week? Uh, oh man. <laughs> They should be buying stock in Mayflower if they if they have the ability to. <laughs> that's, the same, that's the same company that moved the Colts out of Baltimore. I think that whenever they whenever, whenever they went out of the the darkness of night, when they packed the whole team up in a Mayflower yes. truck. Trust me, if they want to increase season ticket holders, they would televise the moving of the Pace and Nagy folks out of Hallis Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Well, guys, I, I don't know. I think we kind of hit on possibly everything we could possibly hit on with this game. Without you know, so. like I said, we have to laugh because so we don't cry, and I and I laugh so I don't get so I my the veins don't pop out of my neck too bad. I'm trying to cut down on that a little bit. I'm trying to center myself a little bit more with this team and accept those things that I cannot change. It's called serenity. So I'm trying to <laughs> trying to work on that just a little bit. But uh, let, let's just go around the horn with some final thoughts. Uh, Aldo, we'll go ahead and start with you today. 
Well, I just, you know, we've been laughing a lot here the last uh, 15, 20 minutes because it's it's just to disguise the pain that we're all going through. You know, like we've all had some very emotional comments prior to the laughing. And, you know, that's what we're going to wake up with. We're going to wake up with the pain uh, because we're going to turn on the TV. We're going to turn on our sports shows and so forth. And everybody's going to be kicking the Chicago Bears, you know, I, Tyler, John, and I think all of us are, are are sort of the same way in that this is our team. I don't want anybody to kick them. I don't want anybody to hurt them. I'm the parent of this team. Mm-hmm. I should be the only one to yell at them and scream at them and kick them around because I love this team. And so when we turn on you know, ESPN or local radio or whatever, and we hear people making fun and jokes to the team, we get very, very defensive. And so what that what happens? We, we end up getting depressed. And what happens mm-hmm. after that? We end up punching somebody. What happens after that? We end up going to jail. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I, I uh, you know, it, and so that's where I'm at personally. I think, and I think a lot of us are, are feeling the same way. We just don't want to go through this pain anymore. And uh, please give us something to be proud of. And, and we're going to be, you know, talking about that all week uh, on the Bear Debate, on the numerous, the 12 other shows that we have on the network dedicated to the Chicago Bears, including Greg Gabriel tomorrow morning. Uh, so uh, bear with us. We'll get through this together. And I'm not promising any miracles, but at least we'll, we'll all be able to lament together what is going on. Tyler, it's all yours, brother. Um. We could do anything through Christ who strengthens us. So we're going to go into a great moment of prayer. Let's, let's have an amazing week. It's always a blessing to be here. Thank you all for spending your evening, your evenings with us. We definitely don't take it for granted. We do appreciate it. I don't. It's an honor to be a part of this team and on this awesome network that wants to impact um, not just Bears Nation, but all Chicago sports fans um, globally wise outside of Chicago. Um, and then even in our communities, we got some awesome things coming up here in the network. And real quick, actually, this Wednesday, following Buffon 55, um, Perspective of Game comes back after you with a special episode with being joined by my bo- MRI, Mabasa Relief Initiative. It is a um, one of the programs that my father helped co-found back in the early 90s. And as I prepare to go back to um, Mombasa, Africa, this coming February, this coming March, right now, we are getting ready to ship over about, 60, about 40, 60 computers as we have rebuilt three new classrooms for students over there. And there's awesome giveaways and fundraising that you guys can take a part of um, as the, the organization is self-funded, but we want everybody to feel like they can be a part of it. So so come join us live this Wednesday. Um, we'll be live and we'll have some board members being able to answer some questions, give some perspective because we have, we have gr- young girls being able to go to high school. We have young guys being able to get access to leadership development. And um, we're actually personally overseeing a feeding program, helping over 4,000 kids get a meal each day. And th- th- it's things like that that I'm truly, truly honestly excited about because that, it's that man right there, my father, Amos Ellis, him and his brothers um, from New- University of Illinois. Um, this actually the co-founders are in Chicago. And so some of you all may have saw them out there in Lake Michigan at some point in time. And so um, it's really about kids. We're bringing um, education, health care and um, just economical resources to the children of Mombasa. And so um, it's something that I, I had the privilege to be a part of this last March and um, I will for the rest of my life. And um, just trying to follow my father's footsteps. And it's so funny because we can joke about things here in America, but like the average adult in Mombasa makes $6 a day U.S. 
And um, they got to take care of a family with that. And um, But these are some of the most joyful kids I've ever seen. Like they're actually in prayer. They're actually saying God is going to take care of us. It's going to be okay. And I felt so like, wow, I feel like a selfish American <laughs> when I hear these kids talking about how grateful they were. And so that's why for us at the Barroom Network, it's about giving back as anything else. Along with that, um, you can definitely visit freedomgains.us because not just from sports nutrition to skincare and cosmetics, 80% of the profit from my own business does go to help sponsor these kids. Me and my family, we have sponsored over nine children ourselves, about 150 bucks, take care of a kid's um, tuition and food for the entire year. So if you want to get your protein on, if you want to get, if you want to get slim and trim, okay, John will tell you summer 2022 starts right now. Okay, you don't you don't slow down in the wintertime. Okay, so if you want so if you want if you want to get your lean muscle, if you want to get your amino acids, check out freedomgains.com. You can register and we got some other promos coming up. Besides that, shout out to everybody on the barroom network. Um, I appreciate all the co-hosts and everybody that comes together to make this thing happen. Bear down and I love you all. Well, that really puts in perspective uh, everything else as well, that we should not get too beat down over a football game. Don't allow this to impact your mental health too bad because it's something that we as fans cannot control. I know I myself get way too emotionally involved in the Chicago Bears sometimes, and it can sometimes put me in a bad mood for until until the next Sunday. But you got to take a step back and realize uh, to to have the wisdom to understand the things that you can control and the things that you cannot control. But that being said, I, I do agree with a lot of what Aldo was saying. It's to a point now where I'm tired uh, uh, regarding the Chicago Bears, tired of getting text messages from my friends saying, how can you watch this team? I'm tired of the national media making fun of the Chicago Bears, making fun of Matt Nagy. I'm tired of watching games on CBS where Jim Nance and Tony Romo are being sarcastic. And I have a lot of respect for those guys. But to the point, they they were just trying to be entertaining at that point because the game was so miserable. So they have to make you know snide comments and sarcastic comments because they have to find a way to be entertaining because the Chicago Bears can't put on a, uh, an entertaining product on the football field. So I, I hope that massive changes are coming to this organization. I hope that somebody finally gets kicked in the ass and says, you know what, the status quo ain't enough anymore. So I hope that something good is coming our way because we have been filling up our karma for long enough that something good needs to be coming our way. I hope, and that's all we can do as fans. But like Tyler said, whether this is your first time or 50th time listening to this show, we greatly appreciate you tuning in, whether you're listening to the live version, the podcast version, the video version, the audio version. We appreciate each and every one of you sharing this time. I know it ain't easy in this time of being a Bears fan to talk about the Bears after something like that. Mm -hmm. So if you are listening to this, we greatly appreciate you. But that will do it for Bear football this week. For Odo Gondia and Tyler Ellis, I'm John Buffone. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bear down. Bear down. I'm